Welcome back to the Wednesday Blog with me, Sean Kane. It's Wednesday, 22 June, 2022. This week, I want to tell you about my cat, Kitty. I'll freely admit that I'm more of a dog person. I'm fascinated by cats, their social behaviors, their mannerisms, their temperamentality. Yet, at the end of the day, I like the unconditional love a dog will always offer if you treat it well. This summer is one of my first in over 20 years without a dog in my life, as my best friend Noel died a year ago at the start of June at the ripe old age of 16. Throughout all that time, I've had dogs. The first, Pretty the Beagle, then Spot the Aussie Shepherd, then Caesar the Black Lab mixed with a pony, and finally, Noel the Shiapu. I've also lived with a succession of cats. First among these was a black cat named Mrs. Norris, who we more commonly called Nora, then a gray cat we rescued who we named Crookshanks. After these two Harry Potter-themed names, my dad and I adopted a Siamese farm cat named Leo, who could be very lovable, but also was a bit of a bully. Uh, to first Nora, and then later to Kitty. Finally, in the summer of 2009, my dad rescued a fourth cat, an orange and white cat who we named Kitty Kiernan, or Kitty for short. When I first met Kitty on that Saturday afternoon, she was standing on an ottoman in our living room at our old house on the farm, looking out the window onto the porch and into the western fields beyond. She quickly turned at my entrance and began talking to me, meowing with so much excitement. We became fast friends, and over the next year, she loved to sit in my lap when I was at the computer or watching TV. She also became friends with Noelle. After all, Leo and Crookshanks were friends, and while Crookshanks was kind to Kitty, Leo was a jerk to her from the first moment they met. So Kitty became Noelle's best friend. They slept together a lot when they were young and continued playing with each other even into their senior years until Kitty got tired of Noelle jumping on her and tackling her and retreated to her own parts of our current house where Noelle couldn't reach her. Over the years, I've collected a large photo album of what I call Noelle pictures. I still look at them from time to time. I'll freely admit I'm still in mourning for my pup. One of my favorites, taken a few days before Noelle died, is of her sleeping on the old red Victorian sofa in the sunroom in my parents' house, with Kitty sitting on the floor below her, looking up at Noelle with concern clearly written all over her face. In those last few weeks, Kitty came downstairs to check on Noelle from time to time. And the last day, she came to say goodbye, sniffing Noelle and rubbing her head against the ailing pups. The amount of affection those two showed for each other, both in their youth and as they've grown up together, really does touch my heart. This week, I'm reading about the pre-modern concept of the great chain of being, 
a hierarchy of nature which places God at the top, followed by angels, then humans, then animals, followed by plants, and finally minerals at the bottom. This is inspired by both Plato and Aristotle, but especially Aristotle's biology found in his book, The History of Animals. Aristotle classified life forms based on what sort of soul they have between a rational, sensitive, or vegetative soul. We humans, Aristotle wrote, had all three types of soul in ours. All other animals lacked reason, but had the sensitive and vegetative types in their souls. Plants, as the name suggests, are just as vegetative in their essence. When I was a freshman in high school, my theology teacher said that animals don't go to heaven, that salvation is reserved for humans alone, and even then, only those humans who willingly surrender themselves to God. As I've lived with Noel and Kitty, as well as Caesar, Spot, Leo, Crookshanks, Nora, and Pretty over the years, I've come to see more in their eyes than just a partially completed soul. When I saw Noel die last June, I saw something leave her. The will to keep going. The consciousness that dwelt within her little body for 16 years left her. And her body fell into a far more restful slumber once her last snores stopped. On Monday evening, as with every other time when I sit down with my parents to enjoy that evening's televisual feast, to borrow a phrase from Faulty Towers, Kitty was quick to jump up onto my lap for some quality pet time. I've learned where she likes to be petted and tried to do my best at it. Considering how blissful the look on her face often is after just a few minutes, I suspect I meet my objective time and time again. This Monday, though, it went a step beyond just mere bliss. Kitty curled up in a ball on my lap and slowly, softly, gently began to snore as I petted her in one smooth stroke from forehead to the tip of her tail and back again in a circle. In that moment, I too started to relax, to breathe deeper, and to feel something of the serenity I often feel when I imagine myself floating in air or dream of the delicate beauty of the evolutionary order of the cosmos. I don't entirely agree with Aristotle's idea that animals are inherently lesser than us. Sure, they aren't human, but we are animals in our own right. We've just evolved differently than other animals. Whereas Kitty's daily routine involves napping, watching birds and squirrels out at the windows, eating and drinking, and getting petted whenever there's a free lap for her to lay down on, mine is far more focused not only on the abstract, both the past and the future, but also on affairs far from our home. Sure, I think about meals just as she does, and I long for those moments of physical interaction with the people I love holding my mom's hand or giving my parents hugs from time to time. When it comes to Kitty, though, I do enjoy letting her jump up onto my lap so I can pet her. I appreciate being appreciated. I like the fact that even when we do have disagreements, she has bit me from time to time. She always returns to me when she wants to. I don't know how much longer Kitty will be around. We never really figured out how old she is, seeing as she was found by a friend in the parking lot of an apartment building here in Kansas City. But regardless of how much longer I get to be her friend, 
She's taught me a lot about empathy and what it means to care for someone else. The Wednesday blog is written, read, and produced by me, Sean Kane, and I also came up with the theme music. You can find more information about my work at linktree slash esthosdkane. That's L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash S-T-H-O-S-D-K-A-N-E. There you'll find links to my website and my blog. Thanks. Thanks to my regular listeners, including monthly supporter Elizabeth Duke. You can support this podcast by clicking the link in the show notes. I appreciate it. This podcast is distributed by Anchor. Learn more at anchor.fm.